Salutations, listeners. You are listening to another episode of the Dr. Jazz Podcast, and I'm your host, Nathan Holloway, your doctor for jazz. And it is our mission here at the Dr. Jazz Podcast to cure whatever it is that ails you through the power and the majesty of jazz music. So we've got one more jazz grab bag for you this year before we close out 2022 and um you know out of all the uh, different kind of themes and and angles that we try to present uh and collect jazz music and present it to all y'all one of the biggest that gets a lot of acclaim is the jazz grab bag basically because every once in a while and it I make sure that it happens organically. I'm, I'm either got jazz music going on when I work or, you know, when I'm sleeping, I've got the little AirPods in, you know, or um, I'm got jazz going in the car on the way to work um, and doing all the different things that I do. So, and I'm always getting tipped off to different great jazz albums like, hey, you know, you need to check out so-and-so. Oh, cool. Thanks. You know, so I, I, I always do. And invariably, I will find like a, a track or two that is just absolute, an absolute moment of magic. And with that said, I kind of jot them down on a little piece of paper and tuck it away <clears throat> at my desk. Uh, and once I get to the correct number, I generally just present them to all y'all as a jazz grab bag episode. So. And it seems to go over really well. People kind of want to see what uh, 12 I put together or what assemblage of tunes that I put together. So there you go. Um, people wanted some more podcasts, so I've got a little bit of time on my hands right now. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to spend 12 uh, really hip tracks that are wide and varied. So um, thank you so much for listening. Uh, we are nothing without you, and we do appreciate you. So I certainly hope that you enjoy these 12 songs as part of the last Jazz Grab Bag episode of 2022 here on the Dr. Jazz Podcast. Enjoy. Thank you. 
All right. So that last tune was a slamming, powerful tune called Haina. Uh, no doubt in homage to Buhaina, which is the um, Muslim name that was bestowed upon Art Blakey. And it was an original tune written by trumpeter Lee Morgan, who is one of my favorite trumpet players. And um, you also heard Lee Morgan on the trumpet on that track, uh, as well as the great Wayne Shorter on tenor saxophone, Walter Davis Jr. on the piano, Jimmy Merritt on the bass, of course, Haina himself, Art Blakey, on the drums, and here's the kicker. The conga player in the background is none other than trumpeter Dizzy Reese. He was a Blue Note recording artist, and he's very much an underrated um, trumpet player who had some fabulous albums. Um, But yeah, and so Dizzy Reese was playing the congas behind Art Blakey, and this just slamming version of the Jazz Messengers, one of the best versions of the Jazz Messengers. And it was recorded in late 1959, November 10th, 1959, for Blue Note Records um, in the Van Gelder Studios. So for Rudy Van Gelder. And, uh, yeah, I mean, this is a great album. Uh, it comes from the album Africane. And... Um, <clears throat> Lots of great tunes. I do believe this was uh, the very first session uh, of Art Blakey and the Jazz Messengers with Wayne Shorter. Um, I the the crazy part to me, I, I just don't understand, is that um, it wasn't released on LP until 1979. So that's like post Birdland weather report. Wayne Shorter well past the Miles Davis second quintet, all that stuff. So, I don't know. But it's a slamming album, and that one really caught my eye just because it's, it, I don't know, it's just polyrhythmic city, and I love it. So, And then I, I started going, man, who, who was all in the percussion section? And my mind just went, when I found out it was Dizzy Reese. So there you go. Uh, speaking of awesome polyrhythms, uh, the tune that we heard before that is Camina Iven, which is by none other than Pachapo, Pachapo Jimenez, and El Super Tumbao. Uh, it's a great little uh, salsa band uh, that released this album, El Super Tumbao, in 1980. Um, yeah, so lots of great stuff going on. Um, I'm going to try my best to pronounce this these names the best I can, so please forgive me if I butcher this bad. Uh, but on bass, Paquito Corcelles. Uh, on congas and drums, Fermin Llanos. On the coro, there is Adalberto Santiago, Sammy Gonzalez, uh, Yayo El Indio. Uh, on the lead vocals, Manny Colon. Yes. Uh, the leader and the piano player was, of course, as I mentioned earlier, Pachapo Jimenez. Um, the timbales, bongos, and the le- and co-leader is Juan Luis Perez. And the trombones were, that's dual, 
Jimmy Gonzalez, and Justito Colon. So, yeah, all the um, the words and uh, the music, the arrangements are by Pachapo Jimenez. And uh, what's really interesting about this is that the co-producer of this album, it's probably why it, it sounds so good, is Jerry Masucci. And if you're not familiar with Jerry Masucci, Jerry Masucci was the guy that started Fania, the Fania Records label, and um, took them to Yankee Stadium all over the world for like the Fania All Stars and a whole mess, you know, with um, Johnny Pacheco uh, leading it, uh, El Maestro, and uh, some killer concerts with just all stars. Um, yeah, I mean, just loads uh, of folks. So, but Jerry Masucci. Uh, had an ear and a talent for putting for for knowing what was hot, what was sellable, and then doing his magic to you know produce it and um, get it out there. So uh, yeah, and but this is not for the Fania label. This was for the Nuestra label in 1980. So, uh, but still, very very, it's got that 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 stamp of just awesome salsa ness. Um, yeah. Very caliente. <laughs> so, yeah, that, I found that interesting. But, yeah, it just, th- that tune just hit me one day, and I'm like, man, that is a slamming tune. So, there you go. Uh, and then we started off the set with um, the one and the only Leo Parker on the Barry Sax from, uh, with a track called Bad Girl. From his Blue Note album, Rollin' with Leo. Uh, Leo Parker, of course, was an uh, underrated Barry Sax player. On trumpet, there's Dave Burns. On the tenor saxophone, Bill Swindell. On piano, John Asia. On the bass, Stan Conover, who actually wrote that tune. Uh, and Wilbert Hogan on the drums. So, yeah, and uh, I found this this song, and it just gave me the chills. It was just a great, great track. Uh, when I was looking up, uh, you know, different tracks for the um, Barons of the Barry Sachs episode, the low-end theory. So if you haven't checked out that episode, there's lots of great Barry Sachs stuff on that episode. So by all means, go and check that one out as well. So that's the first three right up to bat in this jazz grab bag episode, the last one for 2022. Um, the other thing I was going to mention is that if you're trying to jot all these things down, don't worry about it. We've already done all that work for you. All you got to do is check out our website, which is Dr. Jazz Podcast, D R J A Z Z Podcast.wordpress.com. And there you can find each episode. Once you click the episode that you're curious about, you will find all of the tracks listed in the order in which they were played on each one of these episodes of the podcast, as well as the artist name spelled correctly and the song that uh, was performed by that artist along with the album art. That way, if there's a track that you dig, uh, then you know exactly what to go look for, hopefully in your local record shop if you have one. Please support local. And if you don't, at least that way you know what to order. Okay? And you can enjoy some awesome hip jazz whenever you want to. So, plus, when you go to that website, if you go to the top and you click contact, it will send us directly an email 
here at the Dr. Jazz Podcast. And I promise I will write you back. I will write you back. Uh, it might not be right away, but I'll, I will definitely write you back. Guaranteed. And uh, thank you to everyone who has written. We do appreciate the emails. It lets us know people are listening. And uh, thank you all for those of you who wrote a nice positive review or left uh, a positive star rating on Apple Podcasts. Uh, we do appreciate all that help. And you can find the Dr. Jazz Podcast wherever you find your podcast, whether that is Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, TuneIn, or Amazon Podcasts. We're everywhere. We're like Santa. So, um, yeah, there you go. And please share with friends and family if you think they, they would dig the jo- the Dr. Jazz podcast because we, we're we just doing this as a labor of love. We're not making a dime off this. There are other podcasters who do that, and that's fine. We're not admonishing them. That, that That's great for them. Um, but we actually have to pay to upload <laughs> all of these episodes. So uh, we're literally having to pay money. We're not making a dime. So... Um, yeah, we don't have any merchandise or anything like that. Uh, we don't have any kind of PayPal or Pay It Forward or Patreon or anything like that. Not that there's anything, not that there's anything wrong with that, you know. Um, in my best Seinfeld voice, but seriously, um, it is. It's just a labor of love. We just want to spread great jazz music out there to the world and and put out some good vibes, you know. And hopefully, uh, you catch some of them vibes and are you know feel better after you listen to this that's what we're here we're here to cure whatever that it is that ails you that's our mission so uh enough talking for me let's get to another set of jazz grab bad music Thank you. 
All right. Smooth as a baby's behind. That was Mambo Tango from the album La Cunha by percussionist Ray Barreto. And uh, this is from 1981. And it sounds like it. Actually, it was recorded in August of 79. And it sounds like it. And it wasn't released until 1981. But uh, Creed Taylor was the producer. And there's a lot of kind of eyebrow-raising moments of who's who in this album. So, um, for instance, that particular track was written, composed, and arranged by Carlos Franzetti, who is one of the two piano slash keyboard players on the session. Um, Carlos Franzetti, if you're not familiar with uh, Carlos Franzetti, you may have seen the album Graffiti, which is kind of like the Farrah Fawcett poster from the 1970s, but without her face on it. And then there's just black graffiti kind of spray painted on it. Uh, That's a really killer fusion album. But it sounds slightly dated. You know what I mean? Uh, it doesn't have the same staying power as like uh, Return to Forever, Weather Report, Mahavishnu Orchestra, Lifetime. You get it. Um, but it's still really good for what was going on in that in that in those days. So um, even if it is a little bit dated. But I mean that's the thing. Even though that track sounded a little bit dated, it still had a very discotastic kind of groove to it. Uh, but listen to this: Who's Who? as far as names on this album. On the congas, of course, Ray Barreto, who's also the leader. On the drums, Mark Craney and Steve Gadd. The recording engineer was none other than Rudy Van Gelder. On guitar, John Tropea. Uh, On the piano, like I said, besides Carlos Franzetti, it was also in the piano chair, Charlie Palmieri who, if you're not familiar, is the older brother to Eddie Palmieri, who was an incredible salsa pianist. Um, Yeah, and and it's wonderful to have him on this record. Uh, Jeremy Wall was on the synthesizers. Tito Puente was on the timbales. And on tenor, soprano, sax, plus flute, the one and only Joe Farrell. So... I mean, it's truly a who's who of of really talented um, cats all in one one particular album. Plus, there's also a um, a cover of Pastime Paradise by Stevie Wonder, as well as The Old Castle by Mazorsky. So there you go. Um, I don't know. It there, there are some moments of magic, and that was one to me. You know, as a kid who kind of grew up to the 80s and saw a lot of 70s reruns, some of those those sounds are just a little sentimental to me. So forgive me if you don't dig the 70s-tastic grooves, but there you go. Uh, before that, we heard a trio, which were, consisted of saxophone, bass, and drums. And that track was called Jays. Like Blue Jays, but Jays. Um... And that was none other than Kalaparusha Maurice McIntyre on the saxophone. Chris White 
on the bass and Juma Santos on the drums. It comes from the album Wildflowers Volume 1. And a little background behind the Wildflowers recordings. Um, There were these set of recordings that happened in the loft, the New York loft studio. Well, just the loft apartments, right? Anyway, one of those studios was named Studio Rivby. And that happened to be uh, the home of composer, saxophonist, uh, flautist Sam Rivers and Beatrice Rivers, his wife. So in the 1970s, a bunch of jazz cats um, basically moved into these large loft spaces in New York um, and it, it was um, it was it was a special happening, you know. I mean, Michael Brecker and Joe Lovano and Bob Mincer, uh talk about going and and Dave Liebman too talk about going to these loft jam sessions. And you know, Michael Brecker was learning how to play drums, and you know, because his lip basically gave out. He was playing so much, and you know, Joe Lovano learned how to play drums too, and a bunch of these different things and. It was a really hip scene where you got to really... It was kind of like a laboratory. It was the the 1970s jazz version of what Minton's and Monroe's was for the Beboppers. Except you had cats like Mincer and Brecker and Liebman going in and, and just... And Lovano too, going in and just learning deep Coltrane cycles and learning from each other, you know, and experimenting, and it was wonderful. So... Now that you kind of got that scene, uh, in 1976, about 100 musicians uh, got together in various configurations and performed these wildflower sessions, right? And they recorded them, and it was originally released on the Douglas record label in 1977. Uh, This particular track that we heard in the middle of the set there, Jays, uh, featuring Kalaparusha, Maurice McIntyre, Chris White, and Juma Santos, um, it's from volume one of about five, I believe. So, and it, it is truly a who's who from David Murray on through uh, Maurice McIntyre. Uh, it, it, it's just wonderful, wonderful stuff all the way around the board. Um, yeah, you owe it to yourself to listen to it if you haven't. You know what I mean? And um, you won't be disappointed, guaranteed, because all the tracks are, are special in their own kind of way, you know. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I dig a lot of that, that kind of free jazz, loft jazz kind of stuff, too. So, yeah, and hopefully you dug it, too, because it's groovy. Uh, before that, we heard, or the very first song of that set, we heard a tune called Indian Song. And it's from the second disc of a two-disc set called the Dave Brubeck Trio and Jerry Mulligan live at the Berlin Philharmonie. And this is recorded live in November of 1970. Uh, And it features Dave Brubeck on the piano, Jerry Mulligan on barry sax, Alan Dawson on the drums, and Jack Six on the bass. A really, really cool uh, a set uh, there's a lot of great empathy 
in this particular album between Brubeck and Mulligan. And this is an original song that was written by Dave Brubeck, Indian song. And I don't know, this this particular album is a two-disc set. It, it, it's got some really great, great tunes going on. There's uh, Besides just a bunch of great standards like Basin Street Blues, Limehouse Blues, The Duke, uh, things ain't what they used to be out of nowhere. There's also a bunch of these great little original tunes. So you've got, um, of course, of, of course they they cover Take Five by Paul Desmond. But you've got uh, Out of the Way of the People, which is an original by Dave Brubeck, uh, as well as Blessed Are the Poor, the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, and and this the song that we heard to start off this set, Indian song, which is really 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 neat to hear. Um, almost think about it like uh, it, to me it comes off almost like a um, some of this era original Brubeck comes off to me as like very Coltrane esque, uh, based on a drone and and allowing. You know the improviser, particularly a, a saxophone player or a piano player, uh, the chance to kind of go train and McCoy all over this. And I don't think it would be a wasted effort to understand that this was recorded in 1970, and Coltrane had just passed three years previous in 1967. So um, his presence and his weight uh, of his memory and his style was very prevalent at that point uh, I would I would almost be certain to say even on someone uh, impressionable as even on someone like Dave Brubeck and Jerry Mulligan so yeah yeah and and I, I don't know I, I really dig those drone kind of tunes like that uh, like the uh, blessed are the poor and the the Indian song right there that we heard to start off that set so I mean we've got Latin we've got like disco, we've got droning Brubeck, we've got uh, Art Blakey, we've had a whole lot of great music so far. I mean, and then we're only halfway through. So um, thanks for sticking around. Uh, we do appreciate you. We are nothing without you. Um, but we still have another half to go. And I promise it's going to be interesting. So don't go anywhere. If you need to pause it, grab yourself a beverage do so but we're going to get started with the second half to the jazz grab bag the last one of 2022 here on the dr jazz podcast Thank you. 
it was midnight, we were all alone The day the world stopped turning Through the window, little diamonds shone The day the world stopped turning Suddenly the air was still The bright new moon grew dim We were lost in limbo Way out on a limb From the moment your arms took me in No other place existed We were somewhere we had never been Uncharted and unlisted Arms were yearning, lips were burning On the day the world stopped turning Oh, that was long
So that last track was a tune called Tough Truckin'. And it was from 1935. In fact, it was early 1935. It was March 5th, 1935. And um, it's from an Ellington special, is what the record said, uh, from Duke Ellington Sextet which consisted of Rex Stewart on cornet, Harry Carney on the Barry Sax, Duke Ellington, of course, leader and the pianist, Wellman Bro on the bass, Billy Taylor, no, not that Billy Taylor, not Dr. Billy Taylor, just a regular Billy Taylor on the drums, and then it says Johnny Hodge's alto sax, but being a saxophone player, I'm going to debate this one because to me that sounds very much like the timbre and sonority of a soprano sax, which Rabbit was known to play from time to time, Rabbit being Johnny Hodges. Now, it says alto sax, and I understand that he is primarily known as an alto saxophone player, but the ear don't lie, neither does the needle in the grooves. So I'm hearing soprano sax. And I also happen to know that this was about the time, 1935, that Sidney Bechet had taken a young Johnny Hodges underneath his wing and taught him how he scoops notes, how he vibratoed, how he, you know, laid out phrases on the saxophone. And it, it would not surprise me that... Johnny Hodges would play something on the soprano saxophone in homage to basically his mentor at this time, which would be the great Sidney Bechet. Um, yeah, I, I, and I, I know that that eventually smoothed itself out and transferred those beautiful buttery scoops from what Sidney first taught Johnny Hodges into what we would l come to identify Johnny Hodges with, which was those beautiful buttery scoops and like, I got it bad, that ain't good. Um, and, and, and all those beautiful classics um, that made the whole Ellington sound for, for Johnny Hodges. So I'm going to debate that one and I'm going to say that it's on soprano sax and it was uh, a heavy Sidney Bechet influence on Johnny Hodges, which works very well in this kind of sextet format. So 
Yeah. And anyway, so needless to say, that is what got my ears perked up and piqued my curiosity and completely made me fall in love with that track. I'm still finding more and more Ellington tracks that I just absolutely love. So there you have it. Now before that, in the middle of the set, we heard a tune called The Day the World Stopped Turning. <laughs> um, it's a nice little, you know, kind of Latin jazz kind of number with the great crooner Johnny Hartman. Um, and I'm just, I don't know, the thing that really got my attention with this song is like, you would think that it would be this very chaotic kind of vibe or a, a dark and heavy sort of thing. The day the world stopped turning. Um, but no, that's not it at all. <laughs> it's, it's this weird little Latin jazz kind of number, this bossa, um, written by Kay and Springer uh, from the, the Impulse album, The Voice That Is, with an exclamation point. Johnny Hartman. And I do love Johnny Hartman's vocals. It's so deep and and soulful, you know. Uh, but Johnny Hartman's on the vocals. Dick Hafer is on the reeds. Phil Krause is on the marimba. Uh, Bob Hammer is on the piano, and he's also the arranger. On guitars, Howard Collins and Barry Galbraith. On the bass, Richard Davis, believe it or not. On the drums, O.C. Johnson, and on the percussion, Willie Rodriguez. So, yeah, uh, this is a really great album. It's a super short album. That would be my one complaint, but, man, is it great. Uh, it's got the Ira Gershwin, Kurt Wild tune, My Ship, The More I See You, These Foolish Things, Waltz for Debbie, uh, Never Enter My Mind, of course, the tune that we heard in the middle of that set there, The Day the World Stopped Turning, um, Joey, Joey, Joey from Frank Lesser, um, Sunrise, Sunset from Fiddler on the Roof. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a really good album. You know, I'm just really impressed. Uh, uh, the more Johnny Hartman I hear, I really love Johnny Hartman. It's just, he, he's got this phrase to the way he, he, he sings a lyric. It's just incredible. Chills. Absolute chills. Anyway, um, moving on. And then we started off the set with uh, a tune called Saturn Moon. And that was performed in 1967 or 1968. They don't really know for sure. Um, by Sun Ra. Yeah, you guessed it with Saturn. Sun Ra and his Astro Solar Infinity Orchestra. Yep. That tune it consists of James Jackson, Pat Patrick, and Marshall Allen, who is still leading the charge with the, the Sunrise Orchestra. Uh, all three of those were on vocals, as well as John Gilmore. But John Gilmore, besides being on vocals, was also playing the drums. And if you're curious, yes, it's the same John Gilmore that is a tenor saxophone giant in jazz. But here, no saxophone, just drums and vocals. Marshall Allen, a great alto player, right? 
no saxophone, just vocals, along with Pat Patrick, James Jackson. Now, the instrument that you kind of heard was like this synthesizer. Well, that's what I would guess that it is, but they officially title it as Solar Sound Instrument. Yes. So um, it comes from disc two of Sun Ra, the singles. Um, who doesn't love a little Sun Ra? You know, that's kind of my thing, right? Now, I, I'm from Alabama, as was Sun Ra. Uh, Sun Ra was born in as Herman Sonny Blunt in Birmingham, Alabama. Now, what a lot of people don't realize who might not have a lot of, you know, interest or knowledge about the state of Alabama is that Birmingham is known as the Magic City. Now, I per I personally find a lot of humor in the fact that Sun Ra was born in the Magic City, and yet he always claimed that he was from the planet Saturn. So, there's something magic about Sun Ra. You can guarantee that. Uh, but I do. I just love his music, and he, he really is a, a pioneer uh, in synthesizers and electric instruments, particularly in improvised music like jazz. Uh, he was doing imp uh, improvisations on synthesizers in the 50s. You know, and I mean, I know that we hold a lot of these dudes in high regard, Chick Corea, Jan Hammer, uh, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, Joe Zavinol, Herbie Hancock, and they are great. They're giants, but they weren't the first to kind of do it within the jazz idiom that would actually fall to Sun Ra. And he was doing it 20 years before these guys were. So, I mean, we're not talking five years. We're talking 20 years, two decades, y'all. Um, you know, Jackie McLean has a whole uh, defense for Sun Ra in his uh, little video, you know, uh, Jackie McLean on Mars. It's only half an hour, so if you ever get bored and you're like, I don't know what to, to view. I, I want to watch something jazz-related, but I don't know where to go. Just type in Jackie McLean on Mars, and there will be plenty for you to ponder over what all he says. Because Jackie can be very sweet, but he could also be very cantankerous, and it shows in that video. So, um, But yeah, I, I do. I love some Sun Ra music. You know? And Sun Ra is one of those very... Uh, polarizing artists you know there are very few people in recorded music who are such a polarizing artist the way that Sun Ra is uh, a few that come to mind are like Frank Zappa John Zorn um, Evo Perlman uh, but Sun Ra would definitely be one of them and either you really dig Sun Ra and, and you kind of love what he does and you respect him or you don't want to have anything to do with him and his music. And there's a few handful of, of folks that are kind of there out there like that. I mean, as much as we love Miles and we love Train, you could sit there and go like, well, I don't like Bitches Brew and I don't like the electric Miles, but I love it when he was doing standards in the 50s. Okay, great. So there's enough diversity and in, in his recorded output that you like a certain faction of it, but not the other. And the same with Train. You know, a lot of people dig My Favorite Things, but they don't necessarily dig My Favorite Things from, you know, 1964, 65, 66, live in Japan that went on for an hour, you know. Um, so you, you can pick and choose with some of these artists. But with Sun Ra, 
it was all over the board. Same with Zorn, same with Zappa, you know. But it, it, it's interesting. I, I personally dig Sun Ra. I really do. So hopefully you did too, because I really dug the kind of like synthesizers with like kind of the moaning chant sort of thing and the drums. I don't know. That's just me. Hopefully you dug it. So, Anyway, we've got one last set coming at you. Remember, you can find the Dr. Jazz Podcast wherever you find your podcast, whether that's Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, TuneIn, or Amazon Podcasts now. Don't forget to share the Dr. Jazz Podcast with anybody who you think would dig it as well. Friends, family, neighbors, etc. Also, you can find out all the info for each track and artist and album art on our website, which is Dr. Jazz Podcast, D-R-J-A-Z-Z Podcast.wordpress.com. And there you can find out everything in the order in which it was played. Plus, if you go to the top of the page, you can click contact and you can it will send an email directly to us here at the Dr. Jazz Podcast and I will write you back. Guaranteed. All right. Um, yeah. Thank you guys so much for listening. We got one more set. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to the last Jazz Grab Bag 2022 edition here on the Dr. Jazz Podcast.
tracks in that set um yeah so the very first thing that we heard was this kind of funk group called the skull snaps and we heard their 1973 hit trespassing and that includes sam cully on bass guitar and percussion as well as vocals George Bragg on drums, percussion, and vocals, and Irvin Waters on vocals, guitar, both lead and the rhythm guitar. It's just a trio, but man, what a funky trio. And it comes from the album uh, that's self-entitled there, Skull Snaps, 1973, and that is a ton of soul. Uh, After that, we heard um, the great harmonicaist and guitarist Toots Tillmans uh, from the Verve Jazz Masters Volume 59 uh, we heard the song Vi Passar uh, which is um, let's see it's Toots Tillmans on the harmonica the great Savuka on accordion and the vocals uh, Louise Avellar on the keyboards Ricardo Silviera on guitar uh, Luisao Maria on the bass, Paulo Braga on the drums, and Ohana and Marsal on percussion from the 1985 album Chico's Bar. And I'm a big fan of Savuka. Um, the Rosa na Favela is probably my favorite track by him, but still, something stood out to me. I'm like, ooh, this is good. And once I dug in, I'm like, oh, that's why I like it. It's got Savuka and Toots. How could you go wrong? So there you go. Love it. Um, 
yeah, those Verve Jazz Master series are a great chance to really just kind of get into different artists. And then we heard the last track, which was We Love to Boogie from 1951, March 1st, 1951, the Dizzy Gillespie group with Dizzy on the trumpet, Freddie Strong on the vocals, Kansas Fields on the drums, the one and only Percy Heath on the bass, Milt Jackson slamming some piano, Kenny Burrell on the guitar, and with one of his first recorded solos on the tenor saxophone, the one and only John William Coltrane. That's right. We love to boogie. It's like Coltrane plays R&B. A lot of people say that they can hear early Dexter Gordon and Lester Young influences on that icy tone of trains, but in an R&B setting. Regardless, it's still one of the most landmark solos, and it still sounds awesome here in 2022, as it did in 1951. So that's the, that's the show. That's the set. Uh, I hope you really enjoyed it. We've enjoyed uh, spending some wild, crazy varieties for you, from Dizzy Gillespie to Sun Ra to the Skull Snaps to Leo Parker, Pachapo Jimenez, Art Blakey, Dave Brubeck, uh, Kala Parusha, Maurice McIntyre, Duke Ellington, Johnny Harmon. It's just been a fun time. So thank you all so much for listening. We are nothing without you, so we do appreciate you. And in the famous words of Duke Ellington, we do love you madly. So until next time, ashes to ashes, dust to dust. Y'all be good now, because in jazz, we trust.